is Molly Pontedic with the SOAR Community Network and the newly launched global initiative, SOAR Community Nebula. As you may know by now, we have launched an initiative this year to uh, interview 1,000 ch champions of change or community champions uh, around the world. And today, we have someone who is very near and dear to my heart. She's uh, like my other sister. Nipasan Sukhom is the founder or I should say the co-founder of the Loud Heritage Foundation. It's an organization that um, I have been involved with from the early, early days of when it started. And my husband and I, Victor, are both on the board this year. So that's how much we love this organization. Uh, Nipasan, welcome and thank you so much for saying yes to being a part of our interview series. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Molly. We're really excited. That's awesome. So, Nipasan, can you tell us um, what work you do in the world, whether uh, you want to share a little bit about your professional background, and also tell us more about um, the inspiration behind why you launched Loud Heritage Foundation with your husband, Sai? Um, so, I do have a day job. <laughs> Besides doing an, a volunteer job, I'm actually a special education uh, teacher, so I work with kids with disability. I actually work in a regular elementary school, but in an orthopedic unit. So most of my children that I work with have some sort of orthopedic impairments on top of their cognitive, emotional, social, and academic um, disabilities as well. So I've been doing that for 15 years. So that's actually my full-time job. So I, you know, I love it. I love working with children. So it's, you know, then of course, um, the nonprofit side of of the work that I do. I also work with children as well, but a different kind of children, more towards of my own background and heritage. Um, it actually started with a group of, of, of people, just like us, you know, first generation, second generation um, Lao Americans. Uh, you know, we got together one day and we started talking about, you know, how we keep asking our parents about, you know, our own background and all the answers we got were not very satisfactory. It was always like, well, that's the way we do it. And so in growing up in America, you know, looking for information about your own culture and background, especially in Laos, there was very limited, especially in English. So we, um, one of the things we wanted to do was, you know, to create an organization or something, a place where kids like us and or our own children can go to and ask those questions and actually get some sort of answer. So that's kind of how it all started. We started working with an artist actually to support him to promote Lao culture through um, the Western world at large. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. Um, now we are in about 10 cities across the US and teaching kids. So our mission is to promote, preserve, and transmit Lao culture through the arts. Um, we do that um, through music, mostly uh, traditional music, traditional Lao music. Um, so we have, we host summer camps across the US. Um, but um, we also have regular programs that are within um, throughout the year in the DC area. So it's, it's really, it's, it's a really fun thing to do. Um, you know, we get people from all over the country together and, you know, everybody's really excited because, you know, it's a way for kids, the younger generation to connect to their own culture. Um, most of them, you know, don't have a mean to connect. And of course, music is one of those um, ways that people can connect, um, you know, even if you don't speak Lao, you can still listen to the music and have a connection. So it also gives the opportunity for a lot of the younger generation to, to, to get to know each other. Um, it creates opportunities for kids from different places to meet and come together and learn together. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing to do. 
That's awesome. Well, we want to also talk about uh, other people in, in your life or experiences in your life, Nipasan, where you have been impacted in a positive way, where someone has extended their hand, or maybe it's not someone, it's some people, a community of people perhaps, that have gone out of the way to show love, compassion, empathy, that really um, shifted your life in some way or shifted your way of thinking so profoundly that it's impacted how you operate uh, on a day-to-day. -day. Can you give some examples? Actually, my life is one of those life because I came to the United States as an immigrant. So, you know, my whole family uh, immigrated here from Laos because of the war, but I always felt lucky. I think that's also one of the reasons why I do the things that I do in my life because I always feel blessed. Um, you know, I was one of the few people who came to America. And on top of that, you know, my family was, uh, um, we were able to find other people that was part of family. Um, we were able to reunite with our family. Um, so every step in my in my life, I felt like I always had opportunities open to me, and I always felt very blessed. And I felt like you know I should do the same thing for other people. Um, every time I needed something, I felt like it was there. You know, when I came, when I went to college, I received opportunities, you know, I had scholarships, I had, as I was growing up, I received opportunities to go to camp, I mean, experiencing camp when I was in high school, um, opportunity to go to college for free. I mean, there were so many different things that I got to experience doing internship, things that I would never thought of, but it was through other people that I met that opened up doors for me. Um, and I've always felt very, very blessed. And, you know, and I always felt that I, I feel like I always need, I always had this need of, of trying to give back to other people, giving people the same opportunities. I think that's one of the reasons why I go into the field of education, because, you know, working with kids with special needs, most of the time I find out that I am the last resort because nobody else, um, they have, give, everybody else has given up on them. You know, they, they don't, they don't, you know, they think they're, uh, you know, they're too dumb or they're too much of a behavior problem. Um, nobody cares about them anymore, and I'm usually the last resort. Um, so, you know, to give that same opportunity. And the same thing with my nonprofit work, you know, it's just like, it's, you know, there's all these kids, they're in the, you know, they are, they have a great family background, they have a happy family, but most of them, they don't know much about their own culture, and most of them don't really care or don't really think about it, you know, giving them that opportunity to really reconnect back to their roots and to understand their parents a little bit more. And then in the same time, understanding where they come from and make them a better person and make them want to give to the community and make them want to give other people opportunity and chances. So I guess that's the biggest change and the biggest catalyst in my life, I guess, having a lot of opportunity, meeting a lot of wonderful people, um, through my life, giving me lots of different opportunities to experience life and feeling like I would like to give that back and give, you know, similar experiences to other people. That's so beautiful. Very, very cool. So Nipasan, when you think of a community champion or a change agent, someone who is really out there, regardless of title, regardless of role they play, but their heart's so into creating impact and change, making things better for somebody else besides them. What characteristics come to mind and who might come to mind? Like what makes a change agent a change agent? I think the person has to be very persistent. <laughs> they have to have thick skin. That's what I learned, you know. You have to be, be very rooted in 
what you believe in. And no matter what people say, no matter how many obstacles you have, you have to persist. Um, I think that's one of the challenges in a lot of Lao organizations. I mean, we have a lot of Western organizations that survive and are, they do well, but in the Lao community is very difficult to survive and to last very long and to make a lasting impact because of that. Um, it's, it's because, you know, the, or the way our culture are, you know, you have to go through a lot of hurdles, um, being a woman, being young, you know, in our culture, you have to be older to be respected. You have to be a male to be respected. Nobody really listens to you. Um, and everybody, you know, feels like they have a better idea than your idea. And they want you to do all these other things, but you have to be true to what you believe in. And I think, you know, the people that make the biggest change are those people who are true to what they believe in and they stick to their beliefs, regardless of what comes to them. And, you know, when I think about people that has made impact in my life, has been role models in my life in the Lao community, the one person that comes to my mind actually is um, Nabun Hing in person. Um, she's an elder in our community. She's a strong Lao woman, um, but, you know, she's very versed in the, the community at large, not only the Lao community, but, you know, the whole Virginia community at large. And she, you know, she, she plows right through. She knows exactly what she wants. She knows exactly what she believes in. And she doesn't let anybody stop her. And on top of that, you know, she gives opportunities for the young people. She believes in them, people like me, and support them and support what they do and encourages them to do that. And one day, I'm getting really close, actually. I will be one of those people. You know, I'm in my 40s already. Can you believe it? So I will be one of those oldies one of these days. And hopefully I can guide through the younger generations to help them reach their dreams as well. That's awesome. Let's give a shout out to Nabun Heng Sabaidina. Nabun Heng, we love you. Um, so then let's talk about this cause, this nonprofit work that you do, um, and other causes that actually you want to highlight. But for sure, I want us to touch upon the work that you're doing, expanding the camp, expanding the music program beyond Washington, D.C., beyond the U.S., but talk about the, um, the program back in, in Laos as well and how LHF has bridged that. Can you share a little bit more about that experience? Sure. So um, the Laurentian Foundation, the we are locally here in Washington D.C. But the way we run things is we actually don't own all the programs across the U.S. A lot of people um, misunderstand, and they think that we actually own and run every single program, but we really don't. We actually are partners with a lot of wonderful communities across the United States, and we have wonderful partners. Um, so they actually own the program itself. So we act more like a consultant. So we go in. We provide them with the content. We provide them with the training. Um, we provide them with the teachers. Um, we, you know, we help them to set up their program, their camp, even if they need to help uh, find funding. We will go help do funding. So we are there to help them to succeed. But each program is tailored directly for or for the needs of each community. So I think that's the reason the secret to our success, I guess, mm -hmm. is because it's really owned by each community. So each community is invested in each of the program. Um, so when we first started, we actually were in Seattle, Washington, because one of our board member was there. Mm -hmm. And she actually had a, um, a group of kids that she's already teaching dance with. So we started there. And then the second program we ever opened was in Rhode Island. And we also, same, the same thing, we had a friend of ours who already ran a, a, um, a uh, program with, with children in it that um, we taught dancing. And then we opened one here in DC. 
So we eventually just um, grew a little bit by little and we, um, we reached out to different communities by, we actually did a teach the teachers program, trying to teach adults um, who are interested in creating their own programs in their own community. Uh, we invite a lot of the different people from different communities to come to our summer camps to see what it's like, um, to see what kind of experiences they have, the children's have, and if they're interested in the program. So we work with, and we invite them to come as volunteers, as teachers to kind of experience and know what, our, what we are like, what our mission is like, and what we do. Um, and then, you know, now we have a program in the Midwest, which covers, uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Madison, uh, Wisconsin, and um, Minnesota, and so they take turns and they rotate to see which one hosts the camps. We also have one in San Diego, California. We have one in uh, Fresno, California. Last year, we opened up a pilot program in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then one in Pennsylvania as well, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, you know, as, as the program grows, you know, we're really excited. Oh, and we also had one in Texas, um, Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas. So it's very exciting, you know, to see some of these teachers or some of these younger generations of uh, Lao Americans who are interested in the culture. And they said, you know, I really want something like this in my, in my um, hometown and that's how it all starts you know we have a very passionate person or a passionate group of people that see what we do and they come experience that and say you know this is what I want in my own community and then it's that's where the seeds that's how we plant the seeds and then after that you know we support them and do what we can to help build their um, their program that's great that's great well it's an it's an, a global initiative as well so right i forgot about the one in uh, in laos yeah, talk about that, please. <laughs> so yeah we actually one of the things we did was we wanted to take some of the parents that you know it was great that we do the programs here in um, the united states they wanted the kids to experience what it's like to be in laos so we did a culture exchange program we took some of our kids here from the United States and went to learn in Laos for a uh, summer. So it's like about uh, three weeks, three, four weeks of um, intensive music and dance, but also to experience um, Laos and experience the culture there. So doing different excursions to help them to understand more of the daily life of Laos. And one of the excursions and places they visited was the orphanage in Laos, and as well as a children cultural center. And when they were there, when the children, when our students were there, they actually went and perform at these places and when they were performing you know all these uh, kids from laos were all gathered around and they really wanted to learn because you know for us going there we said okay all of this is coming from laos so we don't think that there is really a need in laos for this type of stuff because you know it originated there mm -hmm. but what we found out when we got there was you know there's so many kids who are interested and wants to learn but they don't have the opportunity because one, there's no funding, two, there's no teachers, you know, no qualified teachers, and there's no curriculum to, um, for it. And so one of the, when we came back, you know, we thought about what if we raise some funds and create a program in Laos, you know, do a five-year project, kind of like a try, trying to see if it would actually work. So the same concept that we do here, having a summer camp there. So within five years, you know, the older kids would be able to teach the younger kids. So part of the program is actually to purchase instruments. So they actually have enough instruments for both the children's Concert center and orphanage. Um, so we donate all those, those instruments and as well as uh, find qualified teachers to come and teach. So I actually um, go to Laos and I run the program there. So I work, 
So it's just me by myself uh, with a local team um, of teachers and um, from, and then um, people from Egypt from the orphanage as well as the cultural center. And then we work together and we put a program, a two week program of uh, music and dance and culture as well for them. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, you know, the kids have, they're great and you know, they're, they're wonderful kiddos and it's, it's very different. <laughs> so, you know, it's, because even though I've, I'm, a, I'm a seasoned teacher, I've taught for 15 years. Um, I've taught kids from kindergarten all the way to fifth grade. So I'm used to teaching kids, but it's a very different because of the cultural, um, the cultural background and cultural impacts and the way they see things, learn things is, is very different. So it's a big adjustment. And of course the numbers are, are really different. Um, here in the U.S., we usually limit each of our camps to 50 students so that we have enough good student-to-teacher ratio. Um, so we don't want this student-to-teacher ratio to be so huge. And plus, our program here is only a week long, even though they're all day, it's only a week long. Whereas over there, is, even though it's two weeks, but the number of kids is huge. I think our first year, we had over 300 kids uh, registered for the program. So it was just amazing. And, you know, you try to teach 50 kids at the same time so you're like wow <laughs> but it's a it's an awesome experience you know they they have never had this opportunity because traditionally in Laos in order for you to, to learn music or to learn any trait it's usually passed on from master to apprentice and the only way you can become an apprentice is if you know the master or if you have a talent and a gift normally the master would see if you have a talent or a gift in music or whatever that uh, thing that you want to learn in order for them to accept you and they only accept a very minimal amount of students and for this to be open to every student to everyone who's interested and to be it can be completely free it was something new for them and to the fact that they actually have brand new instruments um, and teachers to teach them with music notes you know they don't get notes over there mm -hmm. so it was it was something new to them and it was a very rewarding experience, I think, for the teachers and the local staff there as well. It's something they have never seen done before. Well, you know, full disclosure, that since I'm on the board, shameless plug, <laughs> why we need a lot of support with funding, because imagine 300 plus kids in Laos who all need instruments, who all need, you know, all the access to, to materials in order for them to learn and be inspired by, by music and culture, so. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, you know, only for the kids in Laos, not only do they get to the experience, but it's also a way of living too for them, especially the older kids for the, for the older ones in the program itself. They, they use it as a way for, to make an extra living for them, you know, for them to perform at different places, to help out their family, so it's, you know, it's a great thing to exposure, it's a great thing to learn, but it's also, it's also could be a mean of, of making a living for them as well. And, you know, it's, this is year three, so we're entering to year three, and it's a five-year program. So every year, you know, I always hold my breath to see if we're going to have enough funding. And, you know, the funding really just goes towards people don't realize, you know, it's a very little amount of money to... Uh, to use to benefit so many kids because we only use about $4,000 and the $4,000 just goes directly into just paying the local teachers there. We actually transport all the kids from the orphanage daily. Um, every morning, every afternoon, we feed all the kids uh, from the orphanage. So that's the majority of the cost right there. Um, you know, I go, 
but I uh, used my own funding to, uh, to get there. So I used my own funding to get to Laos. I used my own funding to pay for my way and my food, my lodging, all that. So all the money that we get, the $4,000, goes directly into the program itself. So to the teachers, to the kids, and for it to run for the amount of two weeks. So awesome awesome that's why my hat goes off to you inside because you do so much um thank you so much for all of that information one of the questions that we have of our interviewees and our change agents um, through this through this initiative is helping asking you to share what inspires you any particular philosophy quotes mantra what helps to empower you to keep going, especially because the work of the nonprofit work and the work of giving so much of yourself and your time can be very exhausting. Um, do you have any words of wisdom to share uh, around what empowers you? Uh, not really. I think the thing that empowers me the most is the smiles of the kids. Um, you know, I work with kids all the time. You know, I think the best way I can explain is when I work with the kids with special needs, you know, it takes them so long to learn and people have given up on them. It'll take them, you know, we'll work all year long and when they finally get it and the light lights up and their eyes, their whole being lights up, you know, and, then, and there's, that's all the payment that you get. And you said, okay, this is why I work this hard because to see that moment. And the same thing with the kids in the foundation and the nonprofit work we do, you know, um, as when they finally get the song and when the song comes together and all 10, 15 of them um, start playing together and it becomes a song and they're dancing to it. You know, it's like an awe. I don't realize it's a group of kids. You know, it feels it sounds like a group of professionals and they never cease to amaze me of how talented they are and, you know, the things that they could do. It's limitless. So. I think that in itself is the biggest motivator for us. And every time I, you know, get tired and I want to give up and I said, you know, if I'm not there and if we don't have this, then what's going to happen to these kids? And every time I ask myself what will happen to these kids, it gives, I just continue on. I can't just quit. So until there's another generation of kiddos to take over, I think I'll be doing this work for a very, very long time. Because, you know, it's really not about the work, but it's really about the people. And those people are, you know, the younger generations, um, our kids, and, you know, everyone else's kids. Yeah, the lasting imprint for yeah. generations to come. Well, um, Sister Nipasan, how can people learn more about the Lao Heritage Foundation and contact you and your organization? Um, we are on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Lao Heritage Foundation, Facebook dash Lao Heritage Foundation, or you can also find us on the web. We have a website, www.laoheritagefoundation.org, and it's all in one word. You can find us there, and of course, you can find us on Facebook. So, um, yeah, and you know, every little bit helps. We'd love to see you. And like I said, we are everywhere in the country. So pretty much if you are interested or you have friends, you don't even have to be loud. We have kids who are not loud, but loves to learn to dance, to learn to music. And we have all kinds of kids. And not only kids, we're open for all adults as well. We even have an adult group. They call themselves the old man band. <laughs> I don't think they're that old. So it's opened up to everyone who's interested in learning and wanting to understand more of Lao culture. That's so great. Well, thank you so, so very much for all the work that you do. We 
um, continue to be inspired by you for sure. And uh, it's, it's good to be a part of the family. Thank you so much, Nipisan. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If you would like to nominate a change agent community builder um, to be interviewed in our series, please email us at info at soarcommunitynetwork.com. To learn more about Nebula, become a member, um, learn all the events that are coming up, please visit our website at nebula.soarcommunitynetwork.com. Thank you so much, everyone, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you, Nipisan. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.